0: Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. McCain gets it the
1: back. They play together, they believe. If um, there's Levert, is cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one man
0: wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Vines, one. long three.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Indie Corn Podcast. Ah, uh, psyched to be joined today by Rhett Bauer. Uh, obviously, friend of mine, friend of the show from Eight Points Nine Seconds. Rhett, what happened today? That was really awesome.
0: Oh, oh my goodness! So many different things. All, all of the things happened that were good, minus Sabonis getting injured.
1: Yes, uh, that's the first thing we have to start off with. Uh, also, if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, to the Indy Corners podcast. And of course, read us as well, read Rhett's work and follow him on Twitter. Um, I, you know, we, I was going to, ch- I decided to change up the intros on the fly today. Um, Pacers won tonight pretty big against the Toronto Raptors, uh, to even the series one to one. Um, obviously the Sabonis left with an injury in the, it was in the first quarter, correct? He hadn't come out in the first quarter yet. So yes, yeah, so uh, correct. He, yeah. Yep. It was in the first quarter. Um, X-ray came back negative showing no structural damage, but he's getting an MRI tomorrow. so obviously hopefully hopefully he's okay. Um, he was playing a really good game today. Uh, of course hopeful that, that that nothing is wrong with him but it's also a double-edged, double-edged sword um, He's been playing you know close to 40 minutes per game and Caitlin's been putting out uh, she actually just put out today I think he was on pace or is on pace to travel the most distance uh, in the NBA he is currently. And if he was to keep it up for the entire season, would be the first non-wing player to ever do that in the league. So uh, it's uh, a little bit of chickens coming home to roost, or is it, is that the right word? Birds? Come, I don't. I don't know. I'm not good at analogies, Rhett. But reaping what you sow, I yes, think maybe a, a little bit. Yes. Um, and you know, kind of in line with that, and speaking more positively, I mean, the Pacers played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten great podcast on my part uh they played nine guys double digit minutes um and sumner was 40 seconds shy of playing double digit minutes as well so this was this was awesome um nape yorker had mentioned uh in his media availability this morning that he was going to play a deeper bench potentially 10 guys ends up running 11 with cassius stanley who we'll talk about his minutes soon um but Rat, i mean I, i'll be honest when when uh when when the tweets came out about uh, coach's press conference this morning, I was like, "All right, well, I'll believe it when I see it," because we haven't seen it yet. And that was this is this rotation and the way that the guys were used. This was what I envisioned coming into the year. This is what yes. I thought would happen. You, know, we saw Goga Gogebitase for twelve minutes. We saw Ed for nine. You could maybe even argue playing Ed more, but um, there was a lot there that I thought was was fantastic. But I want to start off talking about uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Cause I thought Malcolm played a tremendous game. obviously got to the line 14 times, but uh, what did you think about Malcolm today? He, I mean, it, he's
0: not the type of player who's going to let a bad game get in his head and like carry that over. If anything, you know that that's going to light a fire under him to come back, bounce back the next day and really carry this team uh, offensively with some big, big shots uh, and, like we've been talking about how in the fourth quarter Brogdon's shot looks a little flat. He doesn't have his legs under him. He's missing short, all that stuff, but he came out with some bounce in the fourth and coming off a couple screens, really had his legs in his shot and was just nailing some stuff. It's, it's really great seeing him uh, out there, just controlling the team on offense. And then obviously going 13 and 14 from the line.
1: I like, I can't say enough about how good he did tonight. Yeah, he was fantastic. And actually this was his new career high uh, 36 points. Um, so, you know, what I found kind of tremendous too, is I was a little bit weary because we saw, you know, this time last year is when he really started to wear down and, uh, Mm um, struggle with injuries. Um, and so I, you know, I put out on a tweet this morning, I was tweeting about, you know, his minutes he was, he's fifth in minutes per game, uh, played 36 today, which is less than he's been playing per game. Um, and to everyone, you know, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing us talk about minutes, but it is important. And we're seeing that, especially now, um, but and I it's mean, not did, it's not just the minutes, it's the, the it's how they're coming. Of, it's the it's, process, not yes. just the result. Yes. Um, and so you look at this, this was really good because Malcolm was having the worst stretch of games that he's had since last year. He was shooting below. 40% from the field, 40% below 40% from three, obviously, um, which can be good still. But my point, I mean, he was shooting like 46% true shooting, which is horrific, especially considering that he was on 30% usage in that in that four-game time frame. So for him to bounce back like this was huge. Um, I also want to mention, too, I thought Aaron Holiday played his best game of the season so far, other than Golden State. I mean, Golden State was huge, but his best game of like the last probably two weeks, Um His defense was really good. We both noted that during the game. I think we tweeted that like 30 seconds apart of each other. Um, He was really good on Fred Van Vliet. There was that one bucket that that Fred had. It was from from mid-range. But, uh, I mean, Aaron contested it perfectly. There was nothing else he could do for that. Exactly. I totally agree. Um, I thought he was fine offensively, too. The counting stats weren't, like, perfect on him. uh, But I thought he was aggressive. He got to the rim. Missed a couple threes, of course. But overall, I mean, I just thought he had a good game.
0: Yeah, was a big fan of just how he looked on the court. Like, there's just there's just something different to him when he's confident yeah. and he's attacking closeouts and like like you said, the counting stats and the shooting. He just it doesn't look that great. But the thing that we've talked about th- consistently for this entire season is the Pacers' lack of being able to guard those quick, smaller guards because that's not Brogdon's game. And Aaron did as good of a job on Fred as he could have possibly done when they were matched up together. I know, I know Fred ended up with 25, four and six and, and what's that 50% shooting, but even still, I thought Aaron played a, a very, very good game. Uh, even if the box score doesn't reflect that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And even, you know, as well as uh, Fred Van, v- Van Vliet played, uh, I mean, Malcolm guarded the hell out of Kyle Lowry finished two of yes. 11 from the field. He got to the line quite a few times, but um, he was up in him a lot of today. Uh, I mean, he played 33 minutes before getting tossed as well. Um, and, I, you know, this is something I do have to point out to people. I got a little bit of heat for saying that I love Kyle Lowry on my timeline. Uh, <laughs> if he was on the Pacers, I remarked this and somebody agreed with me. If he was on the Pacers, he would be the fan favorite. I, I, I can guarantee you. He just he just wins. He plays hard. He's he's a good player. Uh, definitely the grift lord of all time, though. First team all grifts for like the last 20 years. Um also, I mean, I, I, well, let's talk about Jeremy. We'll talk about Miles after, but Jeremy is just like, if I told you right now that that Jeremy Lamb had a horrific knee injury, you know, damaging multiple ligaments in his leg just about this time last year, um, and you'd watched him play the last three games, what would you say to that? You're full of it. Exactly. There's He's no been, way. I mean, finished with a, another season high tonight, 22 points. Um His three, I don't know about you. I think his three looks better. He looks more comfortable taking it. He's more willing to take it. Um, I mean, we're so used to seeing him, you know, one pump and then go in and take like an 18-footer, which he'll still do, and he's good at it. Um, The runner is just undefeated. It never misses anything (laughs) from 10 feet in. He's like, him and TJ, uh, TJ Warren, have like such similar touches. They get to it in different ways, obviously. But, um, I mean, he's just added a really good scoring dynamic for the team. I mean, we saw multiple times during the game uh, shot clock was running down and he gets handed a grenade and he scores. Um, and he's been getting to the line too. I think he's been getting to the line. Like, I mean, he got there five times tonight. Um, he's been getting there multiple times each game, which is not normally yeah. his game. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be able to, uh, to continue, but I really hope it is because that's a, a huge aspect. Yeah. That was going to be my thing is because
0: we saw it with Vic obviously the injuries are completely different, way more traumatic and all of that, but Vic was hesitant to go to the rim and draw that contact. And lamb has not been, he, yeah. he doesn't care at all. He's been driving in, taking the, taking the contact. And I mean, so far he's had games with five free throws attempted and eight free throws attempted. And then even in the other games, he's had a couple and ones. So he's been really, really good. I, I, personally probably underestimated what he would bring to the team oh I did do especially especially without Warren and Lavert, because I mean you just don't I mean you just don't really think about Lamb because it's like oh he came in to be the sixth man but then he comes in and is just playing really well and scoring when the team needs him to and he was running the second unit for a little bit like obviously it's McConnell's second unit and that's something we can probably talk about but Lamb was finishing plays when the team needed him to and it's just great to see that he has no rust whatsoever Yeah. How have you felt about him defensively? He has some boneheaded moves. He definitely does. But I think at the same time he's big and he's got some length. And so he's got the wingspan to do some contesting. And uh, I mean, obviously everybody's going to have boneheaded mistakes and especially coming back after not playing for 11 months, but uh, I'm, I'm optimistic about him. I, I thought he was a little bit worse than what he's shown. So.
1: Yeah, you want to? Jeremy is six five, and this this sounds about right because if I remember correctly, I obviously don't have measurements in front of me, but I believe he is the shortest guy with the longest wingspan in the league. Like just about, he's six five and has a seven one wingspan, which tracks when you look him, at him. <laughs> I mean, his his arms just go on forever. Like they, it feels like they go down to his fucking shins. Um, so yeah, even though he's not like uh. He's not a great defender by any means, but I think he's, he's been fine. I mean, his closeouts are where I have like the most issue and he plays like a little bit high at the point of attack too. Um, But in general, I mean, he, he plays hard. He's he, he, he just provides something. It's better than having TJ McConnell out there trying to contest the, the corners. Like TJ is good if he's at the top of the key and he can be on somebody, but when you're asking TJ or Aaron to close out the corners, it's just they don't have the length to do it and really bother a shot. So having Jeremy do that has been good, and he actually makes some really good rotations as the low man too. Yep, yeah, he had he had some pretty good contests around the rim. Obviously, you're not asking
0: Jeremy Lamb to be the shot blocker. That's Doug Definitely McDermott's not. job. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah <Doug laughs> but but no, I I really underestimated what he could bring to the team, and uh, it's a very very welcome sight to see see some extra length on
1: the court with some scoring on the other end. Yeah, one hundred percent. So then that flows right into miles. I mean, this oh, man. since he's come back from his hand injury, um, obviously he was having a hell of a season uh, defensively to begin the year and off uh, offensively as well. I mean, I wrote about that. He's made improvements, but the last three games he's had an even different level of aggression that than he has had you know uh, throughout his career. Frankly, I think this three game stretch has been just about the most complete brand of basketball that i think he's ever played and part of it is you know with new injuries popping up on the team he's having more opportunities to do things with the ball in his hands and what's different is instead of it you know in his second or third year when he's getting opportunities with the ball in his hands when that's just not a good team and he's being you know they need him to take those shots now it's like they're giving him the opportunity to take those shots because he's doing well with it um And it's just been, I mean, remarkable. I mean, tonight he gets to the line 16 times, which part of that, uh, that's not replicable. Like that's not going to happen again. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, as I tweeted out before the game, I mean, at the end of the game, it's the most uh, fouls that they've, most free throws they have drawn since April of 2013. So it's been a hot minute. And I I don't expect that number to be close anytime soon, especially given the way they play. But um, I mean- the way that he's driving to the rim, the the gravity that he's starting to get. I mean, he's had as a shooter. um, He just looks so comfortable and confident on the court. And I mean, nights like tonight just bolster that even more.
0: Yeah, no question. I think part of the results that we're seeing are a little bit minutes driven uh, because the last four games he's averaging 39 and a half minutes. um, But he's also averaging 20 points, nine boards, Steal and a half and almost five blocks on 44% from three on six attempts a game. So that's, that is the, that is Miles Turner. Like that is what we've wanted him to be. And I was listening to, he got interviewed after the game and I was listening to him talk. He was saying that, you know, there was nothing else that can hurt his hand anymore, which I I don't always agree when people say that. It's like, yes, you can, like you can hurt it more like that. He said it would just cause soreness, which is fine but he was just like, my team just needs me out here. I didn't want to miss any games. I liked my trajectory or trajectory early in the season and I'm a professional. So I'm going to come out and help this team win. And I just, I just love that from a game like as, as well as a game that he just played for him to be coming out and be like, my team needs me out here defensively. We got slapped around for two games that he was out and he just knew the team needed him to come back. And that's exactly what happened. And I love it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's been really promising. Um, before we dive into to more of the bench and just talking about some overarching things, we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back, Pacers fans. All right. So, you know, obviously, Miles was fantastic. I think defensively, we saw that tonight, too. Um, you know, when they locked down the end of the game, I, I thought, you know, like the last probably five or six minutes, that's the best defense we've seen them play um, since the Western Conference road trip. At least I felt like. Yeah, it was. I mean, they were part of it is place. Toronto's offense has been bad this year. Like their their offense has been really bad this year. They didn't have Siakam. Um, but granted, yeah. I mean, both of these teams have injuries. So I don't want to take away from the performances that either of them have had in the past two games. So I think it's important to look at that as well.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some context to both of these matchups, especially obviously Siakam, which we know what forwards do to the Pacers right now. Yes, And then Obliterate tonight them. yeah, tonight OG had two fouls, I think in the first six minutes and then had a, a bleeding lip or something like that in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. So they had their forwards out uh, or at least their premier forwards out. And so the Pacers definitely were able to take advantage of that, but at the same time, in the minutes that Domas was in there, he was having whatever he wanted with Baines on him. So that was yeah. uh that was definitely going both
1: ways there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, you know, okay, so in looking at at more of the bench, um, I wanna okay, well, first let's highlight Doug only played 17 minutes tonight, which I believe that's gotta be close to a season low for him. I'm not sure why he ended up playing that little. He only took three shots tonight, did not turn over the ball at all. Um, what were your kind of thoughts on why he didn't play that much? I don't really know, honestly. I mean, I, think I, of, I mean, Jeremy ended up playing what would have been right. his minutes. He played 33 minutes, uh, which makes sense. I mean, he was making everything. Um, but still kind of weird to see him play that little. Um, he wasn't great defensively. I mean, he's really struggled defensively uh, lately, but I think a lot of that's more just on the team over helping a lot. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's still interesting. Re- regardless, talking about minutes in general, I mean, Aaron played 26 tonight. We already talked about him. He played well. Ed um well ed wasn't he didn't do anything like fantastic but he didn't do anything bad and i think this is something this nope. you, you hit me up about this today um about um you know my the pod that tom and i recorded last night and i talked about how you know uh i already am forgetting the term it's the least regression whatever diminishing returns <laughs> diminishing whatever. returns diminishing returns diminishing regression is like a double negative now that I think about it. <laughs> um but well, you look at ed okay so three points three boards uh, turns over the ball twice, but he's a plus five. And again, single game plus minuses, you know, mostly bullshit, um, unless it's like a super outlier thing. But you know, looking at him, I mean, he was effective in transition. He had that really nice cut. Um, he just flows out there, and he he brings energy that, frankly, the starters don't have at a certain point. So I think you saw that tonight, and I really hope that that Nate Bjorken continues to give him at least some semblance of a a normal role, because you can see that he does things that are positive out there. And, and
0: that's, that's the entire thing. That's what I I love the most about Sumner. And I tweeted out during the game and he just brings energy. And in a fourth quarter, that's what you need. Like, that's what, that's what we've been saying this entire season is like when, when you're out there for three and a half quarters, bringing in somebody who's fresh off the bench and who can give you just energy. Like he was crashing the offensive glass. He was attacking closeouts and, and that's really all that you need him to do. I know when you were in were we're talking, you, uh, Tom said that it was, you know, what Edmund Sumner is like, he is what he is. And that's fine. He he can be what he is. That's all like the Pacers don't need him to come in and be like what Jeremy lamb is for this team. He, he just needs to be the, ninth man on the team that just brings a little bit of energy in 10 minutes a night and that's really all that it is and
1: I was just glad to see that he got that chance tonight yeah I totally agree and uh, I mean defensively too but I think the biggest thing is just pace with him you know you, he is <laughs> a monster in transition yeah um, and just he he forces defenses to get back in transition which is I mean that's a dynamic part of his game um, and again length on the perimeter yes yes Length on the perimeter helps a lot. Actually, I, I now yeah. I want to look up his wingspan. What's his wingspan? I know he's six five, which seems generous. Sometimes I still think he's only six four. I remember when he got drafted. I think they said he was six six, six five and a half with a six eight wingspan is what it's Oh, so his wingspan is actually not like that massive.
0: Um, I know Aaron's. I, I Aaron's think, think six eight would still be good for like third on the team right yeah, now. Yeah, I know right. See, <laughs> See, which that's- is not
1: good. I didn't get to ask you about that you know I talked about that with Tom last night do you do you kind of agree on where I'm coming from on how this team plays like the Raptors but they don't yes. quite have the personnel yes like I think the that, that's what's so underrated about looking at or not even underrated but I think it's something like we we get very obsessed in looking at how teams play like uh can play like a team that that had success in something yes but then we look we, we negate the fact that okay well there's all this stuff that makes it you know you can't quite play like that or replicate what they're doing and that's not to say right. like um, that's not meant as like a dig at anyone. That's just being,
0: it's being realistic. It's just, that's wh- that's who you have available. It, it, that, that's absolutely true. You just talked about it with Aaron and, uh, and, and TJ closing out on threes. No one cares if they're closing out on a three. Like it's not that big of a contest, but then you have – guys that have seven foot two wingspans like OGN and ob closing out that makes it so different and then not only that but also the closeout speed and the athleticism that the pacers don't really have in their in their starters um and their core rotation to be quite honest the the raptors have that so they can they can afford to swipe down on domas and know that they can get back out on that closeout so uh I I still like the aggressive defense that the Pacers are playing, but it's really, really interesting when you see them go against the team that they're emulating and see it done. Like there's a reason that they won the championship a couple of years ago. It's because they have
1: those long athletes that are just like absolute hellraisers on defense. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's such an interesting way to look at it. You know, like I, I still think, you know, there are bones of a really good defense on this team, but so much of it is miles and how well he's playing right now. And I think, yes, I'm really interested to see how they start to if they start to develop their defense differently throughout the year, because I think they'll have to to be a more effective playoff team. Um, But, you know, in in talking about kind of some Ranger athletic wings, Cassius Stanley actually does not have a good wingspan. I think he has the same wingspan as his height. It was. Um, Yeah, it's about even if I remember correctly. Yeah. But he was good tonight. He played three minutes. I know we're talking about somebody who played three minutes. This is who we are, no, right? No, but, but it was you know, somebody who played
0: three minutes. I loved it. How many he, minutes has he played the rest of the season?
1: Not three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, non-garbage time minutes, too. A good right, to exactly, it. Like, exactly. Yeah, it was uh, second quarter, I believe, Um, he was yep. playing. And so in in scouting him at Duke, I mean, he full-court pressed almost exclusively, like all the time. Like, mm-hmm. okay, not, obviously not all the time, but like the majority of the tape I watched, He's full court pressing guys like Elijah Hughes, who was a second round pick for Utah. Um, one of the best scorers in the country last year. I mean, he gave him fits because he he full court pressed him the entire time when they played against Syracuse. Um, he gave Kyle Lowry problems that he obviously sure he got a foul. Um, but I think like giving him an opportunity like this was significant I love that he got this opportunity again it was three minutes and he missed the dunk which I really wish that he'd hit it you tried to lay it in he but tried it, to tip it could it have in. been a dunk yeah. it was one where it's like
0: oh man you got to dunk that nine uh, times out of ten I bet you he dunks that and he's oh, probably yeah. thinking the same
1: thing right exactly now. but the biggest thing to me is just you give him a chance to you know instill a little confidence play against <laughs> one of the best players in the game and develop and this is, this is, like, we'll we'll talk about it in a second with Gogatu because he's who I want to leave off on. But um, you look at everything with, with how tonight went, and this is just, like, the encapsulation of what we want to see this team do um, or what we were believing this team was going to do coming into the year. You know, you're going to play somebody like Malcolm 36 minutes, which I still question. Uh, I think part of that's just because Domas was out tonight. But then again, from what we mm-hmm. know, he probably would have played that much anyways. But if, um, regardless, I mean – you look at this team, this is what this is what we believe can happen and, and what is there. And I, I still have questions a little bit. I mean, I liked that Aaron played 26 minutes, even though I mean I I really like TJ McConnell. He's a good player. Um, but I still think you just have to get more minutes for Aaron. Give him more opportunities on ball, which worked tonight. He got a lot more opportunities on ball tonight, which I liked. Um, so I actually was pretty comfortable with where TJ was minutes-wise he was oh. almost at 30 minutes. Okay. Oh, not super. I I mean, he was good though. No, he was
0: really good. I don't, I don't mean, I said that as it was as if it was a negative thing. No, he was really, really good tonight and provided a lot, especially when, like I said earlier, when OG was out and the Pacers ran TJ, Aaron, Brogdon, Lamb, Turner, like that they worked. could afford, it worked really well. And they could afford to do that because the Raptors didn't have the size out there that could take advantage of that small of a lineup. But I mean, obviously TJ is bringing the energy that he brings and, one of one from
1: three, three J McConnell. It's, it's I, becoming a thing. I still, Mark. every time that he uh, he loads <laughs> up, man. I mean, I'm serious. It is probably the slowest shot release in the NBA. It's got to be close. It's um, got to be close. And he still just doesn't look like he wants to take a man. He but I mean, he's doing know. it, and uh, I don't. I don't love it, but if, if they're going in, I can't complain. Right. And if um, it's won a game, then that's something entirely. I think we've talked about it before. It's
0: like flow of the offense. Yeah, you, don't, it, you don't need to take six. When you take two jet.
1: in the same possession, like last game, that was, yeah, that was tough. A little much. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> But overall, I mean, I think this is what we're talking about. Like getting Aaron, Aaron doesn't have to surpass him in minutes right now, but the nope. goal is he by the playoffs, Aaron holiday needs to be ahead in the rotation of TJ McConnell in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're seeing the bones of that kind of taking place tonight. And uh, again, we're, it's one game, it's one game, but we're going to hang our hats on it, right? Um, so, our, I mean, it's perfect time. We got to talk about Gogan now, now, right? Yes. Um, I was uh, a little apprehensive for tonight, just because seeing the reactions from fans on Twitter um, and, you know, in on IC in in of course, you know, the dreaded uh, Pacers Facebook, um, <laughs> people's thoughts on Goga and I've been a staunch defender of him. I know you have uh, Tony yep. says as well. Um, and Alex as well. Um, you know, I think we just, we see tonight when Goga gets an opportunity, his first couple of minutes were rough. Like I won't lie. His first couple of minutes, not um, good. he did not look comfortable out there, but he really gave, a, he looked like a passable backup in the league for like the last 10 minutes of being on the court. Yes. Um, He still has a lot of work to do in terms of positioning as a rebounder, but I love that he's aggressive and trying to block shots. Like he ended up with two blocks tonight. Again, you don't want him to just chase blocks, but he's basically a rookie. You know, when you consider how many minutes he's played, Um, I I just liked what he brought and offensively his screening is better. It's still not perfect, Um, but he's finishing well around the rim. And he drew two fouls tonight and he took a three yep. in rhythm. Like and was 4-0-4 four four from the line. Exactly. Like what I, I don't know what people are wanting or expecting from him. Um, I, I saw somebody called him awful tonight. It had literally been 30 seconds into the game that, that Goge's been, in, and they said that he's awful and should not be out there. And I was like, what constitutes you calling him awful? What has he done that has at all said that you're awful? Um, I, I like was Kyle O'Quinn that much better three years ago. No. no, like, and that's not the shit on Kyle Quinn. I liked Kyle Quinn, he seems like a good dude from yeah. everything I know, but like, that's the point. Goga is good enough to be getting looks as like an, a 10 minute game center, and yes, he showed that tonight. Like, the, the over the over the back, over the head layout <laughs> that uh should have been a foul call, um, but it went in and then he came out of the game. Uh, but I, I don't know, I mean, I think j- you talk on Goga, otherwise, I'll keep gushing because I was excited about how he played tonight.
0: No, I. Like I had to like put my phone down the other day after going through some mentions about Goga, because it just, it just doesn't make sense. There there's absolutely no reason to be giving him such a hard time for how, how he plays in the three minutes a game that he gets before a game like tonight. Like how can you possibly get a rhythm where you get three minutes every sixth game or something silly like that? And then even tonight, like you said, the first couple minutes were rough. He wasn't, he just wasn't doing very good, but you know what? That's going to happen when you're 20 years old and you haven't played hardly at all because no summer league, no G, like dominated the G league. So he needs to be in the NBA. And I am very, very glad that he got 12 minutes. Uh, he was just he had some really good moments and I, he, I tweeted out, he was a great, he was trying to block every single thing that went up. Yes. And so he
1: was out of position for almost every yes. single, rebound. he let a couple of rebounds up uh, yeah. more than a couple rebounds up, but at the same Absolutely. time, I mean, it was, it's still just having his presence there and having somebody who makes it. So you don't have to play Domas yes. 40 minutes and you don't have and to play miles 35 minutes. Like that's, and it's, that's
0: big. It's not only that, but it's also, he is a rim protector. Yeah. Like we know what this team is if it doesn't have rim protection and it's giving up 120 points a game and 70 of them in the rim in the paint. So having, having a different rim protection alternative, even if it's obviously it's not going to be miles to Turner level and it's not going to be great, but having 10 minutes of some sort of rim protection and just getting him extra reps in the NBA is just awesome. And I am really hoping that, you know, that we can just be okay with him being bad for five of those 10 minutes every single night. Like it's just, it just needs to happen. And even, even when Domas comes back, I think Turner being at 33 minutes tonight, Goga being at 12, that's just, that's awesome to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like in uh, you know, a lot of times people bring up to me, like, you know, you can develop in practice and well, that's true, you know, um, you you really learn from games. You develop as a player in games. Any player will tell you that. Most coaches will tell you that. Um, except you know, I actually, I should I shouldn't say most coaches. I feel like most coaches will be like, oh, practice. But um, like practice. getting those actual game reps is important. And like yeah. I think th- there's a big difference between it. It doesn't sound big, but somebody getting ten minutes and knowing that they're going to get more than one opportunity off the bench if they fuck up is important. Yes. Like we saw that with Ed when he first played. Like Ed went from I think he hadn't played like six or seven games straight and then he starts and like you could tell how tepid he was at the beginning because he's like I don't want to get pulled like I can't say that that's exactly what he was thinking but you could feel it in, in how he was playing and, and that's how you feel with Goga when he plays too so like when when he actually gets the opportunity to keep playing like that's how it is with young players like it's different with Cassius because his expectations are so low right now being a second-round pick, and this was, like, honestly, I think it was pretty close to his first real NBA minutes other than the, you know, one, two-minute stretch in, uh, yeah. in the game against Phoenix. Um, like, he's getting confidence just by doing that. But these guys who have been in the league and have had their opportunities, small opportunities already, I should say, you getting force-fed bigger amounts of minutes is huge. So, um, again, I just can't iterate enough. Like, this was this is what we want to see more of. Like, this was awesome. This was the best overall game that the Pacers have had for, for everything. everything. Without a question. It was awesome. Maybe not Rocker. defensively. I still had questions uh, defensively. I felt like a lot more of tonight. Yeah. Like, not to say it, it was, was just the, them missing shots. The defense wasn't terrible. But, yeah, a lot of the Raptors was them missing shots. Like, Just yeah, kind of I regression mean, from shooting 45% from ridiculous. above the break last game. Like, yeah,
0: they were, they were 41% of the field, 37% from three, surprisingly. Um, but the Pacers, I mean, just 51% from the field, 41% from three. Uh, we actually out rebounded the Raptors by a lot with, too without the, Domas. Yeah, you want to know the six. caveat though?
1: The uh, the Raptors Minus are also offense. like bottom five in the league in defensive rebounding. For hey, you
0: know what? I will take our
1: plus hey, rebounding. Okay, great. we'll take no, it. no Domas plus rebounding. I will absolutely take it. Yeah, I mean, hey, a win's a win, right? As Tom would say, just win, baby. But uh, yep. yeah, we, we're here now. Uh, Pacers 10 and 7. Uh, next game is coming up. We have another series. Charlotte Charlotte at seven on Wednesday and Charlotte at seven on Friday. I should have some uh, friend of mine is going to be coming out to do the uh, pregame with me tomorrow, I believe. Um, And then, yeah, Rhett, what are you working on? What are you excited about other than uh, than tonight's win? Uh, I had a piece that I was writing
0: up about the young guys minutes that I don't need to put out right now. Keep it shelved for three games from now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe so. Hopefully you can just
1: keep it shelved all season.
0: Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm just enjoying watching Pacers basketball and uh, trying to trying to find something to
1: elaborate on that that uh, really catches my eye. But yeah, awesome. Well, Rhett, of course, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely be doing more of these soon. To everyone listening, of course, be sure to go follow Rhett. You can find him at Rhett underscore Bauer on Twitter. Um, of course, follow me if you don't know on Twitter at M Schindler MBA. Follow Tom at Andy Cornrose. Uh, go rate and review the pod. Read us over at Indie Corners. If you haven't already, I wrote a piece on Miles Turner that actually it was one of the better ones I've written. I think it's like. really, really good. Thank you. You don't have to kiss my ass, but I appreciate it. Um <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys didn't get a chance, definitely go check that out. Um, and most importantly, just have a good rest of your day and have a good start to your week. I guess tomorrow's Tuesday, but you know, same thing. Have a good one.